We are live once again with Crossroads Music Podcast. No, <laughs> didn't hear anything, Eric. Um, anyways, uh, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for the raid, Chasing Dragonflies. Uh, we're a music podcast weekly. We're live here at twitch.tv slash the Crossroads Music Podcast every Monday, uh, 10 p.m. ET, 7 p.m. PT. Eric, what is your drink of choice for today? My drink of choice is just a simple lager because today was a simple day. Um, <laughs> it's by Phillips Brewing. It's just a, it's like a regular like Canadian, but it's uh, it's their version, which is called Tilt. Tilt. So it's very funky. Pinball. Pinball fiend. Yeah, exactly. So it tastes exactly like like just a regular lager. So nothing special. All right. Tommy wants to know if this is the new office slash room. Yes. Yes, it is the new office. As you can see, the background has changed and uh, the office is still coming along. There's still stuff that needs to be put up on the walls, but uh, haven't fully decided yet of where things are going. How many so. How many guitars do you have on the wall right now? Is it just the three I, that you see or is there more? I have three. Yes. Uh, okay. So I, I do want to get another wall hook for my bass guitar, but um you know that that will come so nice uh all right so maybe we should talk about some music uh so we typically kick this off with what we've been listening to uh so eric anything of note you've been listening to this past week you know what uh no (laughs) nothing (laughs) nothing new like uh so the headstones released a new single uh the psychotropic uh which is pretty decent i mean i'm excited for the album to come out i'm not it's exp- oh i seem to have lost uh, eric eric your oh. internet is so laggy right now <laughs> oh really oh damn yeah it's okay i don't i don't know what it is but but yeah so oh, essentially right. yeah so essentially i haven't really been listening to much i listened to a single off the new headstone album which is pretty decent but i'm not expecting too much from this album, so like it'll be a fun album but nothing nice. nothing life-breaking shattering nice. so um so i did throw on the discord nickelback's uh new uh oh new yes. single new song uh so it's their 10th studio album i think they're calling it get rolling <laughs> which i think is a stupid title but whatever so 10th studio album and this is the first lead single off of it san quentin san quentin i did check that out i completely forgot i checked that out um I thought that the have you seen the album art for it? No, for the I album. I haven't looked at the album art. I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up here. What do you think of the song? Man, that it it started so good. Like it was just that riff, that heavy like intro to that song was so good. And mm-hmm. then I don't know. I always thought Chad Kruger did like good lyrics, but um, that's the album. What the hell? This is like Yellow Submarine, but like that's a that's exactly what I said, Kim. <laughs> that's exactly what I said. What the hell? It's like the Magic School Bus. <laughs> that's a horrible album cover. It's Frizzle. It's gonna make an appearance on the on the album. <laughs> um, but no, the song started off like so good, and then I don't know, Chad Kruger, he really dropped the ball on the lyrics on this one. Like it was like. <laughs> wow these this is subpar <laughs> even for nickel yeah no for sure 
for sure. Uh, I, I, I agree. I thought that the intro was, was good. Uh, and then they kind of lost me as it went on. So, but, but yeah, I mean, people will still go. Even though people hate Nickelback, they still I don't, sell out. I don't every- understand like how they could have so much hate, but they still like sell out stadiums. It blows mm-hmm. my mind. Like, who are these people? I going think it's to Nickelback just the homes? thing. It's the thing to hate Nickelback. I th- and I think people who say they hate Nickelback really actually like. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe ah, it's so strange though. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh. The new song is whatever. I listened to it. It was, eh. I'm not excited for the new album if that's what, if that's like your first single off of it. But we'll see, we'll see how that yeah. goes. Um, I also finished watching the South Park, um, uh, special 25th anniversary special. Uh it's so yeah, what'd good. You think? It's so good. It's everything you want. <laughs> um from like a south park concert and then when they did the encore for um america fuck yeah <laughs> it's so good it's so Aww. good it's so good um chasing dragonfly says people only like nickelback in secret they're too ashamed to tell anyone mm-hmm. do people actually like nickelback though like i haven't met like a hardcore i guess that's why they do it in secret but like I really like their Silver Side Up album, which is essentially their breakthrough album. But like mm. after that, I just can't stand anything they do. <laughs> like that photograph yeah. song. It's just like this is stupid ass. <laughs> which lyrics. is the number one one of the number one memes out there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Look at this photograph. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, I I agree. Uh I really like the blackout like is it the blackout or animal? Is it is it animal? Oh, animal. Yeah, I think that's on Long yeah. Road Home or Long Way Road Home. Yeah. I feel that album was pretty decent. Yeah, but it's never... Like it was heavy. It was it was very heavy. It was unlike Nickelback. But yeah, like I I don't know. Like I don't dislike them enough. To hate them. Yeah, I feel like right. they shouldn't have the level of fame they should have, but they should also not have the level of hate they should have. Like they're such a benign yeah. band. It's not like Rage Against the Machine where you could be like, oh yeah, they're pretty polarizing, or like <laughs> the Sex Pistols or something. Nickelback is pretty mundane. They're a pretty yeah. boring band, and I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're like a band that you would you would be like going to a festival and it's just like oh yeah this big player's playing and, and uh, nickelback's playing oh yeah like like you know like just the just the famous enough band that people know who they are but aren't yeah. for me they yeah, should be I, like a three doors down level of band right like they're oh i know what that band is and i know kryptonite by them but like that's about the level of fame they should be at but yeah exactly i don't know it's so strange <laughs> <laughs> um let's see what else have i been listening to uh so yeah the nickelback song i listened to south park i'm sure there was something else on the list but i forgot to write it down so uh i will say that's the only stuff honestly it hasn't been really a crazy week for like new list actually um this might be jumping the gun because we're going to be talking about this uh later on but um did you listen to the new ozzy osborne 
uh, song with Clapton on it? I did not know. Okay, okay. Well, it's pretty good. <laughs> I know that Clapton's sort of losing his mind at this point, but he still sounds good. <laughs> it's wild to me that Ozzy gets like these crazy guitar players on his songs. He always has like the best of the best. It's mm. it's nuts. Um, yeah, but we, we'll probably talk about Ozzy, uh, Ozzy's new album next week in more detail. Um, cool. That's it. Let's, let's move on. Um, what we typically go with next is today in music history. So today is September 12th. Uh, and on 1943, Frank Sinatra starts his film career when he signs a seven year contract with RKO pictures. I didn't know if, is it known that Frank Sinatra did movies? Yes. I believe he did do movies, yeah. Okay, because I can't I can't even name you one movie he's been in. <laughs> I I don't recall them, but I but I, yeah, I think it was almost like uh an Elvis kind of thing. He, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, audience, uh he was in the original Italian job with uh I think the rat pack were in okay. it. And uh yeah, and so have you seen the Italian job? Not the original one. The show. No no like the like the new one. Uh the movies. Yeah, like like the one the yeah, one yeah, with yeah. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. essentially that beginning scene when they steal that all that gold from Venice. Mm-hmm. Like so essentially the old movie, it was a big heist in a casino in Venice. And oh. and that was the what the original movie and then Frank Sinatra was in it. So uh, I don't know if it was any good. I've never seen it, but uh, but I believe he was in. So, hmm, interesting. Uh, Tommy didn't know that Ozzy was still releasing albums. Isn't he a mumbling crazy man? Fifteen. He's still a mumbling crazy man. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Fifteen years ago, he still is. Um, he actually he uh, he played the um, halftime show for the first NFL uh, game. Uh, mm. this past week like he's how he's like 70 something and he's playing like halftime shows at like major sporting events he's like still got it <laughs> he's still got it um nice yeah um anyway september 12th 19 19- okay so there's gonna be a lot of birthdays on this day 1944 r&b singer barry white is born in galveston texas hmm um, and then 1946, blue cheer singer bassist Dickie Peterson is born in Grand Forks, North Dakota. 1952, Neil Peart is born in Hamilton, Ontario. And then 1957, film composer Hans Zimmer is born in Frankfurt, Germany. Hans Zimmer. <laughs> that's pretty, uh, that's quite the lineup. Big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to see Hans Zimmer live. Like, uh, he's on tour right now, and like, uh, I just want to see mm-hmm. see him live. Those, those that would shows be look so that'd good. be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. I like some of Hans Zimmer's work. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, oh, sorry. <clears throat> one more birthday. Nineteen sixty six. Singer pianist Ben Folds is born in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Ben Folds mm-hmm. of Ben Folds Five. Uh, if you like piano rock, or if you want to get into piano rock, Ben Folds Five is like. The band to go to 
Um, also on this day, 1966, the Monkees TV show makes its debut with four actors chosen to portray a pop band based on the Beatles. While the Monkees are a fictional band, they become very real and eventually play on their own recordings instead of using studio musicians. The Monkees are a weird band because they were a fictitious band that turned into a real band later on. So it's always weird, mm-hmm. uh, with that band, but, uh... I don't oh, know. absolutely some of the songs they have were really good but then at the same time you're like this is sort of a joke <laughs> <laughs> uh on this day 1975 pink floyd released the album wish you were here that's, that's uh cool. i like that song that song is really good yeah the whole album is actually pretty good mm-hmm. um and i did not know this but 1978 Ruben Studdard is born in Frankfurt, Germany, where his father is stationed with the U.S. Army. He he goes on to win season two of American Idol. And then we never heard from him again. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know he was born in Germany, though. That's wild. Yeah, that's that that is wild. Actually, it's so weird that maybe he he went back to Germany. (laughs) He's just dropped. I wonder what he's actually doing right now. Like, do you think he's like? A studio musician now that we've never heard of i don't think so i think he just washed out oh that's i think he's somewhere i think he's somewhere just probably crying listening to this podcast (laughs) telling (laughs) that he (laughs) no i i know i think he's probably like I, i can't see him doing anything big maybe like a cruise ship singer yeah probably like come see the cruise ship (laughs) interesting uh anyways uh ooh 1998 lauren hill's solo album this the miseducation of lauren hill debuts at number one in the u.s which for me is one of my favorite albums did we ever do the miseducation of lauren hill on this podcast i don't think we did i don't think we did no No, this is like doesn't ring any bells. This is like a ten out of ten album for me. So maybe one day, mm. one day we'll do this one. Um, also, two thousand, Bare Naked Ladies released their fifth studio album, Maroon, which is another great album by them. That's a great one. Yeah, that's a uh, that's probably one of their best. I think. Yeah. Uh, two thousand and three, Johnny Cash dies of complications from diabetes in Nashville, Tennessee, at the age of seventy one. Hmm. He really put out like really good albums towards the end of his life. Yeah, he did. Absolutely, he did. Yeah. Maybe one day we should yeah, do that... the, those albums, but oh, they're so good. Yeah, it was kind of neat. Like hurt, he had a hurt, or or he that was a cover essentially. But uh, God's gonna cut you down. That's probably one of my oh, favorites. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2006, Justin Timberlake releases his second solo album, Future Sex Love Sounds. It goes to number one in the U.S. and sells over 9 million copies. Too bad. It's, uh, (laughs) terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe it sold. I mean, I guess it's Justin Timberlake, so I shouldn't really be surprised. But 9 million copies in 2006. Oh, sorry. Justin Timberlake. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) Never mind. I thought why? you were talking about Justin Bieber, and I was oh, like, Justin "Why Bieber. is okay? <laughs> what? I I, mean... I heard Justin, and I thought I heard Bieber, and I thought I thought you were just I, then I just stopped listening. <laughs> and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, they're pretty much the same person, right? Like, mm-hmm. 
same, just a different era. I feel like Justin Timberlake has class, though. Really? Yeah, I think he has a bit more class than than Bieber. Yeah, no, like, like he totally does. He totally does. At least he does it in a fun, you know, way. Whereas Bieber does it in an obnoxious way. Yeah, Justin Bieber never grew up. That's the problem. Yeah. Whereas, whereas, Justin, whereas Justin Timberlake grew up. Yeah. Right. Okay, I can I can accept the argument. I feel like both are problematic, but uh, Justin Timberlake did grow up at some point. Yes. Whereas Bieber's still a child. <laughs> <laughs> um 2007 led zeppelin announced a re- reunion concert with 18,000 tickets priced at 255 british pounds in an online lottery at least a million people register do you remember mm. this happening when led zeppelin announced a reunion concert not really i do remember and thinking a while that people were that interested but like I guess people just have like nostalgia for Led Zeppelin. Yeah, they must. I just, I don't know. I still can't get over the fact that they're thieves. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Tommy is saying Timberlake famously brought sexy back. Okay. (laughs) Yes, he did. He absolutely did. Uh, 2008 Metallica released Death Magnetic produced by Rick Rubin. Eric, do you recall Death Magnetic by Metallica? I do, but not like I remember the album. I don't remember what's on the album. So, <laughs> well, I'd say the album's pretty good, but in terms of notable singles, there aren't that many. Death mm-hmm. Magnetic is the last album I ever like waited in line at the record store, like release Mm -hmm. dates waiting for the store to open i think i was like 10th person in line or something uh waiting outside of the hmv uh to buy the album so fond memories but this album was produced like garbage or at least mastered like garbage like for some reason they made it way too loud so it distorts on speakers (laughs) (laughs) i don't know someone messed up along the engineering line but man that's a good record outside of the the production issues yeah uh 2011 and i can't believe like this was 2011 seems like just yesterday but ed sheeran's debut album plus is released in the uk where it tops the album charts is that the one with the the what the hell is that song uh it's the green right is it green yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know which one you're talking. That was like his. That was a killer album for him. Yeah. I can't believe like 2011 is when we the world was introduced to Ed Sheeran. I can't even. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! This seems like just Ed Sheeran to me seems like a new artist. Like he doesn't seem like he's now. Yeah, an, an older artist. A decade in. <laughs> it's it's funny though because like he was hitting like. Hitting it out of the park, and then after his Divide album, I feel like it just went downhill. Like, Divide was good, and then after that, it's just, mm. like, his newest one, I think he's just going down a, a mainstream hole. <laughs> so, yeah. 
2013, Ray Dolby, sound engineer who invented the noise reduction system which bears his name, dies of leukemia in San Francisco, California at age 80. I did not know Dolby was a person. That was news to me. Dolby. Isn't he an elf, too? (laughs) Isn't that Dobby? In Harry Potter? I think it's Dolby. Dolby the elf. Dolby the elf. (laughs) Dolby the elf. (laughs) Not the same. Definitely not the same. No relation? No. (laughs) Um, 2016, the hashtag hot in her streaming party hashtag takes off as Nelly fans tried to help him out of a 2.4 million tax debt by repeatedly streaming his hit hit song hot in her based on an estimated spotify royalty of 0.007 cents per stream it would take about 342 million listens to pay off the debt no wonder they played it over on the radio like too much on the radio <laughs> I, oh man fans are fans are nuts like i don't know why like this is tax evasion you're helping your favorite artists mm-hmm. like get away like i can't imagine every time willie nelson is like i need to pay the irs because i owe them 15 million dollars every decade like i can't imagine being like oh yeah i'm gonna sit here and freaking buy all your merchandise and stream all your music just to help you hear your mm-hmm. illegal activities absolutely and Nelly is not at the level of Willie Nelson. So, like, it's madness. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Oh. Um, let's move on. Uh, got some music news for you. Not that much. Uh, we already talked about Nickelback, so I'm going to uh, skip that one. But I do want your opinion on this. Uh, sole surviving member of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, Carl Palmer, is going out on tour as Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Both Keith Emerson and Greg Lake passed away. Rather than using holograms, Palmer has decided to use massive video walls to show Keith and Greg. Uh, the tour itself has been signed off by the Emerson and Lake Estates. So ELP is just Palmer. Is ELP is just P. So like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I get that their estate signed off on it. And I don't know. If you're going to go down this route, I feel like maybe holograms would have been better than video screens if you're if you have to do this. But yeah, like, even if holograms, yeah, I'll let you finish your point. But I don't know if like he should be doing this. I mean, unless it's for like a financial reason, like uh, the mm. states of Emerson and Lake are like in ten million dollars in debt, and Palmer is just like, I need to help my the families of these two guys that I've played with for like 30, 40 years. Like outside of that if you're just doing this because you want to go tour as ELP, I don't know if this is like the right way to go about it. I, I a hundred percent agree with you. I think that it's tacky. Um, yes, I understand that they're not there and you want to pay homage to them, but I feel like you can do it subtly. Like you can subtly, like for instance, the band Alabama, very famous country band right so brad paisley has a song called country music country music and he pays homage to a alabama song so it kind of sounds similar 
and then he breaks into the bridge and he has the vocal line of the bridge of the Alabama song put into his song. And then when he plays it on stage, he has it like a video of them coming out and playing essentially with Brad Paisley, but they're dead, right? But right. that's it. That, that's like paying homage to like some of the greatest country artists. And it was kind of a unique way how he integrated the songs together. And it was kind of neat. Um, so I feel like if they were, if he was to do that, that would be neat. But for the whole show, I feel like it's very tacky because even if there's a hologram, I feel like it's like, okay, well, okay, well, this is a bit strange, right? Because it's like, oh, hey, how's it going out there, Emerson? <laughs> right? Like, 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 what are you, what's going to happen, right? So I, I just, I feel like if he does it like once, I'm fine with, but if he, if it's for the whole show, then I think it's, it's absolutely tacky. Yeah, doing like a McCartney thing where he has John Lennon playing on the screen behind him for like one song. I feel like that's yeah. pretty cool for the audience. But man, going out as Emerson, Lake, and Palmer with <laughs> Emerson and Lake being dead, it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems. Exactly. You can call it nil nil Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> um, Man, and it's like, ELP, that's like pristine progressive rock, right? Like these guys mm-hmm. are some of the best musicians, were the best musicians on the planet. Especially because it's progressive rock. Like how do you play with like a recording? It just seems really weird. But um, anyways, if you want to see ELP on tour, uh and just see Carl Palmer with a bunch of, with two TV screens. Go go buy a ticket, I guess, in a town near mm-hmm. you. Yeah, why not? Um, oops, I still have music history on this. Music news is what I meant to put on the screen. Um, oh, as a follow-up, last week we did talk about Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne uh, returning to reality TV. Well, it now officially has a name. Uh, the show will be called Home to Roost. Home to roost. Yeah. Interesting. So very, very interesting. Yeah. Well, it's just chronicling them going back to England and basically leaving LA. So it's going yeah. to be home to roost. I I feel like I'm gonna watch it. At least the first episode. I don't know if I'm gonna watch the whole thing, but I'll I'll check it out. hmm I really hope they put subtitles for Ozzy though. <laughs> Um, that would be amazing they should yeah they should or just put your closed captions on (laughs) um (laughs) fender has unveiled a new telecaster fashioned after the late joe strummer's well-used 1966 model Uh, i'm actually going to show it on the screen because i do have a picture of it so it's actually a road worn guitar so brand new it's going to already have all the dings and scratches yeah um Hmm. i do want to ask you though what do you feel about or how do you feel about road worn guitars road worn guitars like Like obviously they look taking it they look used so like this is like artificially made to look you i i don't like it i don't like the aesthetic i think like every guitar almost has a story to tell right as a guitar player and and I think like the little ding, and like even though like I I dug my Paul Reed Smith, it's like the littlest, tiniest nick. 
and yes, I was mad. I was like pissed off that it happened. But you know what? Like it's it's like one of the you know the scars that it develops over time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it talks about the journey where I feel like it's just kind of fake. That it's just like yeah, this it was made to look like this, right? Yeah, I personally hate the look. I don't know why people like yeah buy this. Like I know I know there is a market for guitars that look like this. But ah, I just don't like, I don't like how it's like sold like this. Yeah. If it's sold like that, that's BS because a, first of all, the fretboard looks brand new, like <laughs> looks true. brand spanking new. So it's like usually with something that that's worn in real life, the fretboard, there'd be like discoloring in the fretboard because of <laughs> the oils on your fingers and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah I, I agree with you, Kim. I think it's utter bullshit. <laughs> Anyways, that's coming out uh, by Fender. Uh, in other news, Gavin Rosdale of Bush will be starting his own cooking show. Uh, the unscripted show will feature guests visiting Gavin at his at his home in the Hollywood Hills, where he will prepare a three course meal. Now, Eric, my question to you is, why why does Gavin Rosdale have a cooking show? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I uh, I didn't even know the guy cooked. Yeah, I I I don't understand who thought this was a good idea to give the 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 lead singer of of Bush a cooking show. It seems very strange to me. Uh but I mean I, if Bush turned out the way it did, I'm sure the cooking show was not far off. <laughs> <laughs> um but I am interested because I do like Gavin, so I'm going to I'm going to report back once this sh- once this show airs. I am going to watch it and I will report back and tell you if it was good, <laughs> if it was worth it or not. What type of food do you think he would cook? Let's see. He's British, so uh, bangers and mash. Uh, what else is British? Mushy peas. I feel like no. I feel like yeah. Okay, because he's British doesn't mean he's gonna cook that. But I feel like based off his personality, okay. I feel like he's gonna be like, oh, I picked these. Uh, I picked these garland from the garden, and we're going to fry it in a pan. Wait, you think we're, he's? We're going to add. Hippie? We're going to add spinach, and that's your meal. And then it's gonna be like, oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't think Gavin Rosdale has time to cook his own veggies in his in his garden, or grow, grow oh, his grow, own sorry. veggies. Well, sorry. no, he pays people to do that for him. Uh, okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, I will. I will, I'll check that out when it does get released. Uh, and finally, in uh, last bit of news, Gene Simmons' Moneybag Soda celebrates shipping 1 million bottles. Uh, so it's a collaboration mm-hmm. between Gene Simmons' uh, company Moneybag and Niagara Falls uh, New York Rocksteady Sodas Incorporated. Uh, they have sold 1 million bottles. I didn't even realize that Gene Simmons had... I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but Gene Simmons has a soda company or at least a uh, collaboration with a soda company. And they've sold yeah, 1 million inter- bottles. That's interesting to me. But I can I can actually kind of see it, actually. 
Really? I can see G- yeah, I, I can see you getting like a Coca-Cola of like Gene Simmons or something like that. Oh yeah, with his face all over it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyways, that's that's the music news for this week. Eric, let's get into the album review for this week. This week, it. we decided, and Twitch uh, has not allowed me to put uh, the title of this album on our stream title, so I had to translate it to Blanc sur Blanc, but it is Blonde on Blonde by Bob Dylan. Uh, so, Blonde on Blonde. Album why, Cam? <laughs> why couldn't you? It's against but the it's terms of service. It's it's too much in reference to porn, I guess, which is hilarious. But <laughs> they think we're streaming porn here on Twitch. Um, Blonde on Blonde is the seventh studio album by American singer-songwriter Bob Dylan. It was released on June 20th, 1966 as a double album. The majority of the album was recorded in Nashville, Tennessee with Nashville's top session musicians. Blonde on Blonde is the final part of Dylan's rock trilogy, starting with Bringing It All Back Home and Highway 61 Revisited. Critics often rank Blonde on Blonde as one of the greatest albums of all time. Blonde on Blonde is also one of the first double albums in rock music. The album would peak at number 9 on the Billboard 200 and would eventually be certified double platinum. Currently, Rolling Stones has this album ranked at number 38 on their list of 500 greatest albums of all time. Uh, Chasing Dragonflies wants to know, did Bob Dylan mean it about porn? I don't believe so. I think there is there has to be a deeper meaning for um mm-hmm. for whatever he does with his lyrics and his album titles. But I don't think uh it was in reference to porn. We should probably have done that research before talking about this. We we probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyways, like critically acclaimed, uh, and as time passes by this album just keeps like going higher and higher in terms of uh mm-hmm. critical acclaim. So, Eric your first thoughts, impressions about this album, uh, your listening attitude, how you listen to it, et cetera, et cetera. So I actually, I enjoy Bob Dylan. I think he's great. He's an like an unbelievable songwriter. I mean, I feel like the strongest thing in this album is the lyrics. Just the way, like, just he, t- he just tells a story. Um. I always find it funny because Bob Dylan is such a bad singer, but yet it fits <laughs> it fits his music well. Like it it for some reason fits. Like like I, I just giggled a couple times, like especially when he goes, Hey's a bad hey, <laughs> right? And there are two you two <laughs> right. Um yeah. I I always find that funny because I just think of uh Jimmy Fallon's impersonation is so spot on. Uh, now the first song in the album, I hate this song. No. I do not like this song. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I let's can't discuss. stand let's discuss. it. Can't stand it. it. I just, the melody is so annoying. <laughs> All right. For those of you who haven't listened to this album, the opening song is rainy day women number 12 and 35. So that's in reference to, I believe his verses that he wrote. So he basically wrote at minimum 35 verses for the song this one is specifically number 12 and 35 Mm -hmm. but the song is basically like a slide trombone through the whole thing and it sort of sounds like a circus it sort of sounds like a carnival or like yeah um one of those like i don't know it's very two four it's like 
you know, someone marching along, like a really large person marching along to like mm-hmm. a trombone or like some or a tuba. It's, it's like that mm-hmm. that sort of aesthetic. But why you just don't like the melody? I just ah, uh, it just you're right. It just reminds <laughs> me of the circus, and that's why I don't like it. Like I like I like you know. I love I love the song by the way, but it's it's hilarious because. Uh, yeah i can't i can't stand it it's just so it's so annoying and it's like literally like every time like i listened to this album quite a few times because i i did enjoy it Mm. but i skipped through the first song like the first song didn't (laughs) exist to me after i heard it i was like i can't do it and i remember trying to give it another try just being like i'm gonna try to listen to it and i couldn't do it uh i love the song visions of joanne i think that's probably one of the strongest songs this album um I just like it. Now, uh, that being said, like the, the songs are all good, but, but every song is like five, seven minutes, <laughs> essentially. So this album, is I mean, very wordy. It is very wordy, very long. Um, so uh, buckle up, but I mean, it, it's so like the lyrics are so well written. Like he just has a way with words that a lot of artists don't have mm-hmm. and and you can tell he's singing from the heart like i don't know if you got that like i feel like even though he's like i said he's he's a pitchy singer sometimes but it fits the song but you can kind of it's almost like when he's singing and saying these like very deep lyrics it's it's almost very like it humanizes the guy like you just feel like you can relate to mm-hmm. him right yeah so um, just to backtrack a lo- little, Chasing Dragonflies wants to know if I l- love the circus. Uh, I actually do like the circus. The circus, it's... <laughs> I like going to the circus in general. I think there's a lot of problems with it, like the animals that they use and stuff. But in general, <laughs> going to the circus... And the murder clowns? I, the terrifying murder clowns no, that, I, will, I don't have that will murder phobia. you? I don't have a phobia of clowns. So maybe that's why <laughs> I enjoy the circus so much. I've never had mm. one of those, like clown phobias which i assume a lot of people have um but yes just to to go off of that like this yeah the songs are very long very wordy if you are like if the reason why you listen to music is specifically for the lyrics or the lyrics are a huge part of why you listen to music this album is like the perfect album because like Mm -hmm. Dylan is you think you know what he's talking about and then the next verse you realize oh that's not what he's talking about he's act- like the way he's able to craft his lyrics and put it to music it, there's no one better than Dylan like my favorite mm-hmm. song of this album is the very last one sad eyed lady of the lowlands mm-hmm. this thing that's clocks in too. at 11 minutes 11 minutes of him just singing straight. There's no yeah. breaks in the song. It's just his lyrics straight through. It's like, man. And like this album was released in 66, right? It sounds mm-hmm. like it could have been released today. It's the production yeah, it level. Does. It sounds so good. It's like the guitars are crisp, the drums, the bass, everything. You hear everything. It outside of his pitchy vocals, this thing could have been made today. Um, oh, absolutely. And I'm surprised. Like when when I was doing research on this, I was like, this is 66. Like 
if I'm looking at 66, mm-hmm. I'm looking at like early Beatles records. I'm like, the early Beatles records did not sound good at all. Like you could clearly tell they were made in the 60s. But this album, mm-hmm. this sounds just as good as like an ACDC record or a Van Halen record or like anything. It just sounds so good. And I'm surprised. Yeah, the pro- 66. The production value is is spot on, and 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 you know what? It's it's one of these albums where you listen to because I know a lot of people lose interest in long songs, but like I didn't find I did lose interest, like because because you're listening to these just like these heavy heavy words that are just like like you're right. He's he's a words craftsman. Like yeah. he's just able to just write something, and it, and you can vividly picture what he's singing about too. Like like it's just so clear. Like I. I don't know. Like I like it. Other than that first song, this this album's up there for me. And I, and I'm sure we could do a deep dive into like this album. Like I like I feel like universities would study this. Yeah, just this album yeah. alone, yeah. right? Yeah, like for for us, we we basically listened to this for a week, uh, more or less. And like I personally, I think an album like this it takes. It takes more, way more than that to really understand what is going on in Dylan's mind when he's like writing these lyrics and putting them to music. Like you, you really have to just sit down with each of each individual song and just like, okay, so this is what he's writing. This is like what he means by this. Like it would take forever just to figure out everything in this whole album. So like, yeah, it's it's just such a good album. I I really I really love this album. Um, all right, Eric, let's let's get into like final thoughts and ratings on this one. What do you what are you thinking for this one? Uh, I would definitely recommend this for a Bob Dylan listen for sure. Um, I I'm gonna give this a nine out of ten. Ooh, nine out of ten. That's pretty. Is that nine out of ten because of Rainy Day Women? <laughs> yep. It would have been a ten out of ten for me, but but that song, I don't know. It's just I'm I'm not a fan of the circus. So, <laughs> um, for me, okay, I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten also. Um, because you also don't like the circus. <laughs> no, I no, I really like that song. I I like all the songs on this album, but I think if you are like. As much as I want to say this is like a wonderful album, this is a great album. I don't think I don't think a casual listener would like this album. Mm-hmm. That's there true. aren't many, if any, there aren't really like big courses on this thing. This is basically just verse after verse after verse. Like there's no mm. hooks, there's no I'm not really going to come out of this and just like like hum I want you even though I think that's probably the catchiest song on the album mm-hmm. but um I don't think anyone's going to come out of a Dylan concert and start like humming that song to themselves. So yeah. like from a purely instrumental perspective like it's not the catchiest album but mm-hmm it has everything else that you would want from if you're purely focusing it from a lyrical standpoint, this is like the best album you're ever going to find. So (laughs) that's probably why I'm going to give it a nine out of 10, even though I love this album. If it had like those big choruses, which Dylan's not really known for, 
um this would be a 10 out of 10 but i'm gonna i'm gonna mm-hmm. keep it a 9 out of 10 for me hmm. okay yeah but please listen to this album like if you're gonna yes. if you're gonna listen to any bob dylan this is the album you have to go with like i definitely agree like dylan has different eras of his career he has his like christian era he has his folk era this is his like very firmly like his rock electric era but i think for me it's his best era of music Mm -hmm. so like if you're gonna listen to bob dylan this is the album you have to get into i i would have to agree with that one for sure yeah yeah uh all right so two nine out of tens from the both of us on this album which uh, it's been a while since we've been on par here yeah yeah. (laughs) usually we're off by a little bit (laughs) um Cool. So for those of you who are uh, following along with us every single week, the album that we are going to be uh, listening to and reviewing for next week will be the brand new Ozzy Osbourne album, Patient Number 9, which I'm super excited for. I haven't been excited for an Ozzy album in like 20 years. (laughs) This is going to be fun. Oh, Jeff Beck is on the opener. Oh, Jeff Beck's on the opener. Clapton's on this. Zach Wilde, Tony Iommi. Like, wow. It's just Just everybody. So good. I'm so excited to listen to this album. I mean, I'm going to temper my expectations because I feel like it's just going to be another standard Aussie album where it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. this is not bad. But there's so many there's so many features on this album. I'm super excited. Absolutely. Um, anyways, patient number nine will be the album for next week by Ozzy Osbourne. Um, and let's get into the final segment. So for this week, thief or not a thief, we have two songs in question. The accuser is if I could fly by Joe Satriani versus Coldplay's Viva La Vida. So Joe Satriana, <laughs> Joe Satriani is an American guitarist, songwriter, and guitar teacher. Uh, he would have many f- future famous people, pupils, including Steve Vai, Larry Lamont of Primus, Kirk Hammond of Metallica, Alex Skolnick of Testament, and Kevin Cadogan of Third Eye Blind. He has sold over 10 million albums worldwide, making him the best-selling instrumental rock guitarist of all time. If I Could Fly was a song on his 10th studio album, Is There Love in Space, which was released on April 13, 2004. The album would reach number 80 on the U.S. Billboard 200. Viva La Vida is a song by British rock band Coldplay. It was released on their fourth album, Viva La Vida or Death and All His Friends, in 2008. Viva La Vida was released on June 13, 2008, which is four years after uh, Joe Satriani's uh, album. Um, And the song was the album's second single, debuting at number one on both the U.S. and U.K. charts and uh, basically was an international hit. On December 4, 2008, a lawsuit was filed by Satriani accusing the band Coldplay of plagiarizing substantial original portions of his song. The case was dismissed by California Central District Court on September 14, 2009, with both parties allegedly agreeing to an undisclosed settlement. No songwriting credits were updated. Mm. So, Eric, uh, your thoughts on these two songs? I mean, they do sound similar. 
like the guitar lick. Da 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 da. Like it's very very similar. Um, like I just can't see a band like like I can't see anybody not knowing who Joe Satriani is, even if you're like I feel like you've at least heard the name. Mm-hmm. right especially in the music world right because yeah instru- you could say argue instrumental is not popular right um not a lot of people listen to instrumental music but i feel like joe satriana sorry joe satriani gets a pass with this because i feel like most people know he's like you know the silver surfer essentially right yeah um however yeah like Maybe there is no however. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel like it sounds pretty similar to the song. Like, yeah, the chorus. The chorus is mm-hmm. just like spot on the same song. The verses, obviously, <laughs> like Joe Satriani is like just shredding on the verses. There's nothing like the Coldplay song. But that chorus, melodically, is like exactly yeah, the same fever libido but <laughs> that's my, what it is <laughs> but my problem is like is chris martin and co listening to joe satriani that's what i don't think i don't think that they would be chris martin doesn't seem like the type of person to listen to anything technical like any of these guys like i can't imagine them listening to mm-hmm. technical guitar playing or or any of that. Like, it seems so far They seem so on the opposite ends of, like, the musical spectrum that it's very, mm-hmm. like, did they hear the song? Yeah. So that's where I'm sort of, like, at a crossroads because I'm like, it's, it's the same thing, but did mm-hmm. they listen to it? For me, though, like, because it's so close like melodically it's it's exactly the same for me it's still a thief regardless if yeah if chris martin never heard of joe satriani for me it's still a thief because it's just like spot on the same uh yeah i i'm i'm agreeing with you because it it sounds way too much the same like i don't think there's a note off yeah, it's so it's so spot on. Yeah, Chasing Dragonfly said saying that that's why they thought it'd be perfect to steal the song mm-hmm. because it's so they're so like different musicians. But it's just too close. Like it's just too mm-hmm. close to not say it, even if they're not actively listening to Joe Satriani. Um Yeah. Okay. Well, if we're both going with Thief. I guess we should ask ourselves, uh, who did it better? See, this is a tough one because obviously the guitar player in me wants to support Joe Satriani, but I feel like just because Viva La Vida was such a big hit song, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm going to have to go with Viva La Vida. Mm. Yeah, like I'm sort of on the same page as you because like when i look or when i listen to if i could fly by satriani the chorus is very catchy obviously because it's the same as the coldplay song but the verses are like cool like they're guitar shreds but there's nothing really going on there ultimately like 
it seems like just like any other Joe Satriani song where he's just shredding like the shit exactly. out of the guitar. Which <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, that's that's cool. Like it's like good that you could do that and it sounds nice. But then you look at the Coldplay song and you're like, Ugh. it has such a like an impact. It's very catchy. Everyone knows mm-hmm. the song. Like I can't imagine a person that grew up when the song like was released not knowing what the song is. Exactly, yeah. And the strings are pretty good in the song. So even though Chasing Dragonfly says uh, they don't like Coldplay, I think I'm going <laughs> to go with Coldplay on this one just because yep. I think it's the better song. Absolutely. Which pains like, me. What do you go away humming more, Viva La Vida or? They're the same thing. You're humming the same song. Yeah. We die. You're humming the same song. So so technically you're. It's the verse. Yeah. You like both. um no yeah i think i think the verses in in viva la vida is just like pretty catchy Mm -hmm. also so thief but i'm going with coldplay is the better song or viva la vida sweet all right people we're nearing the end of this clearly nothing controversial was said this week yet again um we didn't offend anyone this week so there you go um i should change this hold on give me one second there you go all right so that's basically it that's the show that was the crossroads music podcast uh we're here every single monday at 10 p.m et 7 p.m pt here at twitch.tv slash the crossroads music podcast um if you're catching us on spotify apple music wherever it is uh the album for next week is patient number nine by ozzy osbourne uh thanks everyone for tuning in we're going to here on twitch actually send you back to the people that rated us initially uh but eric any closing thoughts statements words of wisdom to close this whole thing off rock on ladies and gentlemen